0: It's Paul Roos here from Performance by Design, and welcome to the Culture Couch uh, with my partner in crime as usual, Jared Murphy. G'day,
1: Murph. G'day, Rousy. How, How are you?
0: you? Uh, exciting day today. We've got Stephen Lester, the current Managing Director of Nissan Australia and New Zealand. And just quickly, Steve, before I bring you in, spent a lot of time with BMW in Canada, grew up in Canada. We're going to start with that, and then was the Managing Director in Infinity from 2014 to 2017, but you also had a stint with BMW in Munich as well. So... First question is probably more around the cultures of the different countries. I mean, did you notice a big change coming from Canada, Munich for a while back to Canada, and then over to Australia?
2: Yeah, great question. I mean, without a doubt, <laughs> massive difference uh, in the countries, and I'm you know probably very very lucky having uh, had that experience. Um, also, at a pretty young age where uh, you're 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 very uh, open-minded um, and absorbing everything, and I think. You know, when you come from Canada, which is very similar to Australia. Mm. I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't have necessarily said that before I had the chance to live here. Um, but you can certainly see how similar the two countries are. Uh, Germany relative to Canada, even relative to Australia, also very different, highly structured. Um, culturally very different in terms of also the personal relationships. The mm. interpersonal um, side is not nearly as casual. It's mm. It can be very intense or... Very distanced, right? Which is which is really interesting, especially in a work environment where you're getting either to know people really, really well, better than you ever expected. Mm. um, Lifetime friends that we've got from our time there, um, to people um, that you didn't really get along with, and yet actually they really liked you, even though (laughs) (laughs) you didn't, you know. Whereas I think here in Canada, in Australia, the same thing. I mean, it's it's a little bit more casual uh, in that regard, and the work environment tends to be a little bit what about
0: what about growing up in canada like all of us you would have had your role models and i'm sure family background played a Mm -hmm. big part of it sport played a big part of it so some of some of your
2: role models as a young
0: fella growing up
2: sure um i think it starts you know very much a a a nurture uh kind of believer um and so with my parents and and the upbringing that i had with them and and our extended families um, was very very strong and um, often oriented around that um, believing in yourself and and um, a lot of sport um, some music in there to really help um, build that self-confidence um, and so I think as as role models I had two really hard-working uh, parents who were great examples to me of what you know determination and, and adversity and, and overcoming things uh, can do for oneself and uh, and that sort of, Bond. I had some really great coaches growing up um, yeah. as a kid. Some really. What, what sport did you play? Uh, like I tried to, I tried everything. Uh, I probably wasn't that good at any of them, <laughs> but uh, you know, I loved to love to play uh, play sport and whatever I could uh, compete in and, and get behind. What was your favorite?
1: you to give. Us um,
2: <laughs> oh look, I I played baseball probably um, as most competitively as I as I, I could have that. Um, at that time. Um, uh, but I loved you know played uh, gridiron and basketball yes. and skied and played hockey and all sorts of things. But even even
0: that from a cultural point of view in Mm -hmm. in Canada, because we Mm -hmm. recognize Canada as an ice hockey sort of country, really. So not necessarily choosing another sport, because like all kids, you play different
2: sports. But did you feel a touch alienated as a baseball player in, in in canada that's a great question i haven 't exactly forgiven my parents for that, <laughs> uh, but that's I think a, another couch we'd have to sit yeah. on to address those yeah, topics yeah, yeah. <laughs> um no it's uh you know it, it, it where I grew up in Thunder Bay was a completely hockey mad mm. uh city and uh and I only played very recreationally so uh and I you know the the uh, the appetite for hockey from my parents wasn't very high to be at the rink at five five thirty yeah, in the morning yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah. Freezing and yeah. and uh, and getting uh, getting uh, your skating on and and uh, and playing competitively—it's a tough tough culture yeah. um, to get behind there. But um, you know, that being said, it was uh, you know sport I just really enjoyed. And again, you know, my parents, my father spent a lot of time playing catch with me and those sorts of things. And yeah. something that I get to enjoy now doing, even with my son and. Um, you you realize just how much that builds you you up. So even here in Australia, actually going out with my son to kick the footy around, yeah. things I would have never thought I would be doing today. But man, <laughs> we get you know we have so much fun out of that. And if he grows up and decides footy's the thing for him, then great. I mean, how just is it, your Wouldn't push him in any particular direction.
1: How is your kicking? Because it's not it's a it's a very specific <laughs> skill kicking yeah. in Aussie rules football. Um,
2: I could definitely use a lot of help. So if you know anybody who's been any good at footy, <laughs> um, you know, I could definitely use some coaching. I think getting—it's um, um, a humbling experience when your seven-year-old uh, is is uh, is, is kicking you. But um, you know, what, I've, uh, I've I've grown that I've got to learn and and apply myself if I want to get better. What what
0: about business leader role models? So mm-hmm. when you first started at, at BMW, mm-hmm. did did you have a had you made a conscious decision at an early age that you wanted to be a leader, wanted to be a managing director? or Was it just a matter of getting into a company as a young person and naturally learning?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, sport played a lot in that, in the context, and, and you know this obviously very well, of you know being in a team and being yeah. a part of something. It's not always the best player or the smartest person who ends up being the leader in any mm, circumstance. Yeah. It's mm. its the person who is most often able to take some of those uh, strong leadership values um, and is able to rally people, convince them in achieving uh, a particular goal. And uh, I've been on teams where I've definitely been a, a role player and I've been on teams mm. where I've been uh, a leader and I've been on teams where I've definitely not been the best, and I've been on, fortunate to be on a couple teams where I've probably been one of the the better players. Mm. But in all those circumstances, mm. you learn about that interpersonal piece. So when you take that into a business environment, um, you start to realize it's the exact same. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it, the, the 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 locker room is is the exact same as as the water cooler and the lunchroom and all those sorts of things. And meetings are the same mm. way your your coaches, you know, um, would would take you in after the game or at halftime or quarter time or whatever and and, and have a performance discussion right and yeah. and and it's in real time yeah right and, and we do that today in, in business and in every exactly the same yeah. ways and so. so
1: how old were you when you actually started to realize that so it sounds like you've worked through that at quite a young age as you're coming through a sport mm-hmm. that that leadership isn't necessarily going to a particular person but yeah. you can actually take that on when did, when did you realize that
2: um I don't know that it, that I ever I guess really realized yeah. it as much as it just sort of evolved into mm. sort of a behavior and, and series of actions. I mean, I think it's tough to go in and maybe a great question for you is, you know, and from the teams that you've played on, when did, when did you decide that you were gonna be a leader mm-hmm. on that team versus did it yeah. just happen? And all of the things that came around you really then said, hey, oh, you, you, you don't get, you can't annoy yourself. I think, so. yourself yeah. I, I think in that
0: that's interesting. Way. I was having a conversation the other day around sport and how important sport is for young kids, Mm -hmm. because we're talking about the impact of COVID on junior sport. Mm -hmm. And we were saying the things that you pick up in sport are incredibly invaluable. And I think your point, Steve, is it's not necessarily make a a conscious decision. It's actually what you're picking up, what you're seeing, what you're watching. And that's fundamentally what we talk about culture, isn't it? It's not necessarily what's on a wall when you walk into a wall. It's what you're seeing. So to have that background is really important. What were some of the moments in your early business life that you you felt were really challenging, that you mm-hmm. felt I had to dig into those sort of moments when I wasn't the best player or, or when I mm-hmm. was the best player? Was there some moments early on when you, in your early 20s, mid-20s, that you sort of had to really reach into that or you, you thought, I get it or, hang on, I don't get it?
2: It's a good question. I guess... Um all the way along, I've been challenged by some really good managers. That's probably you know one of the things that I've been really fortunate about. And I talk to employees about this: is um, you know you can make your own um, destiny in a lot of ways um, if you choose the right path when the path is presented to you. And and yep. everybody mm. has that opportunity to go right or left yep. or zigzag. Um, and through some of the good managers that I, I had uh, growing up, especially young in my career, just gave challenges out. And to answer your question, you got that sink yeah, or swim yeah, yeah. You know, opportunity. And, yeah. and sure enough, some, you, you had to sink. I mean, mm. if, if you didn't, either you're not really being challenged yeah. or you're not yeah, reaching yeah. far enough. I mean, there's, there's, there's no question about that in, in my mind. But it's, it's how you recover from that and, and reapply yourself. And I think I always had the benefit of of managers who acted like coaches in the sense that, you know, they helped pick you back up, mm. they dusted you off, they helped show you what the problem yep. or where things may have gone wrong, and then they gave the problem back to you. Yeah. And so yeah, 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 yeah. now you go back and, and you get out there. And, and that's where I think good managers, leaders, executives, coaches, you know, however you wanna um, Categorize those people with a title. That's what the most successful people yep. do. Yep. You know, it's not always an autocratic, you know, dictatorship because there's very few environments where that can be successful. Yeah, right. They must so. have seen
1: some attributes in you though that that enabled them to feel comfortable in challenging you and stretching mm-hmm. you. So take that to you now. What What are the attributes that you look for in the Young people, where you <laughs> say I'm actually going to invest my time in that yeah. person, rather than oh, I'm not sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the one thing that I look for is the willingness to do the other things that 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 others don't do. So, and and that is that that can take <laughs> so many forms. Um, it's not just do you sit in the office from you know all hours. You know, are yeah. you a uh, seven to ten? you know, 15, yeah. 16 hour a day kind so of person. Have you, have you got an example? So but are you, really, are you really getting into those problems? So, you know, when they hear, when you hear questions getting picked up or asked in meetings, do you have people that actually, rather than just hearing the question and thinking, oh, I've, 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 I've asked this to, to Ruzi, is Jared actually going off then and helping solve that yeah. problem, even yeah, though they're yeah, yeah. independent yeah. of yeah. maybe the mm, question yeah. that was being asked? You know, are they, are they seeking out opportunities to engage with people that could offer some support to them? You know, I think back, I, I never missed a single opportunity to talk to a senior person. Fantastic. Yeah, you wouldn't believe the amount of times that we would have skip level meetings or, or larger group settings where people will go, Actually, mm, sure. I kind of want to do something else. Yep. So yep. it's been great talking to you, yeah. but, you know, <laughs> I'll go do science. That's your learning, yeah, yeah I and mean, that's, yeah. that's where mm. that's where you really get a, a chance. I mean, how many times did you ever skip as a kid growing up playing footy a chance to kick with one of the senior players? Mm. I mean, I bet you it was never.
0: Well, I think, that, again, we talk about role models as well, isn't it? It's what, what you see, and I was really fortunate through that period to have guys that just turned up. I mean, mm. just turning up is effectively what you're saying. Yeah. Just turn up and yeah. help Murph. Mm-hmm. Just turn up. Even if you don't know what to do, just walk into his office and say, mate, I know Steve asked you to do that. Do you need a hand? Mm-hmm. It's often just the ability that, to be there. Yeah. And I think too many people just don't turn up because there's mm-hmm. this little fear of, well, what about if Murph says he doesn't need help? Or, or what about if he's mean to me or something mm-hmm. like that? So I think your analogy is, for me, when I look think of it, just turn up. Just help people. Put your hand up. They'll tell you whether they need help or they don't need help. But if you don't turn up, yeah. it makes it really difficult. I want to follow on a bit from what Murph's saying, though, is what were some of the things that you felt you didn't get? You've jumped up to managing director Mm -hmm. in infinity before you came over to Australia. What do you you feel like you hadn't received (laughs) and you weren't ready for as the the managing director or coach or CEO, Mm -hmm. whatever you wanted to call it?
2: Well, I think you know it's it's uh, <laughs> it's a great question, a story that, that we've had the discussion. I think the funny thing is uh, you have to be prepared for not knowing the things yeah, you yeah. don't know. Mm. Um, and and we had a great story because we've worked with uh, with you guys for a while, yep. and, and uh, we were talking about um, this uh, joking in the culture, mm. um, and really applicable to our team was the first time um, we sort of got some of <laughs> this out on onto the table, um, and wasn't that I wasn't prepared for anything, it was that I wasn't prepared that I wasn't asking the right questions or trying to yeah. unearth mm. the right problem. And and this sort of really epiphany moment came <laughs> when we were standing <laughs> um in our CFO's office and, and we were doing this this three sixty review with the team. And and Jared says, Did you ever think that the 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 kind of joking, you know, is is disruptive? Mm. And I and it was this <laughs> I've misread the culture. Yeah, I've misread how it should be. I've looked at this from uh, this is what I inherited. Rather challenging it, mm. I went along with it and yeah, supported right. it. Mm. And as a consequence, I was enabling. Yep. Yep. And it was profound the impact that that immediately yep. had when we put the brakes on and, and really shifted gears. And answering your question, what I didn't know coming into that or was that what I wasn't prepared for was another scope or set of diverse problems or challenges that I needed myself actually to actually sit back and reflect more on. I think that's what's made me uh, uh, better in that sense is being more open. It's not just a commercial decision or a problem that you're trying to solve. There's a much more um, intricate yeah. uh, challenge when it comes to people and culture That understanding how you're um, shaping it, challenging it, yeah. what you need to do um, to, to help. Uh, that,
1: and so. I loved it. The, the, the story's a great story because it almost embodies everything we talk about yeah. culture, isn't it? Where you said you, you, you came out to Australia, you went to a barbecue and a couple mm-hmm. of social occasions. Everyone's making jokes, using mm-hmm. banter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Rock up to work. We're doing the same at work. And so for you, that was like how Australians did business. Mm-hmm. And, and we talk about culture being the behaviour that we accept or reward. So for you, that, that's, that's how it works. Mm-hmm. And, and then it just becomes what exists. Yep. And people just accept it. Yep. And so it's not until you step out and go, bang, what's going on here? That yep. You realize, shit, this isn't probably perfect.
2: Yeah, and, and, the, and the discussion I think that we had stemming out of that was um, the appropriateness of it. So the, and, and by context, was timing in that sense. And, and this was where, you know, we actually were getting along as a group. But it was becoming unproductive in certain contexts. and and that's where that really helped um, move that along really quickly down the downstream for us yeah. and and move things along. So for me, it was, and the other thing too is you're not always perfect. like and and the the uh, even though you have an idea that things are going uh, good or bad or well, um, you can always make it better. Yeah. And that's where I think really that just being, Again, remembering that open mindedness, lifelong learner, um, those things then yeah. become invaluable in terms of instilling the, the culture you want to have. Because I agree, they are what we reward and they're your actions. Yeah. Right? And yeah. that those actions, um, you know, for, for um, unfortunately in, in certain circumstances, of course, dismantling a culture can mm. happen oh, yeah. all too quickly. Yeah. Um, and it takes a lot longer um, to, to build it back up. So,
0: what, what about, I mean, COVID? just hit us out of the blue.
2: So mm-hmm. no one was prepared for it, <laughs> Yeah,
0: regardless of what position, what industry or what um, you know, family, community, mm-hmm. whatever. But certainly the, the car industry was just, you know, just bang. It was mm-hmm. sort of like, what the hell is happening? Take us through the initial stages of that for, as the managing director and, mm-hmm. and how confronting, because you've got to deal with your own personal circumstances. You've then got to run a, a company. So there's so many things going through your mind. So take me through the, the sort of days leading up to when we mm-hmm. all realized how, how serious it was. Mm-hmm.
2: What did it look like for you? Oh, it's a great question. I think yeah, there's going to be an awful lot of books written on, on uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly in terms of, of yeah. corporate um, action and reaction to it. Um, you know, for us, very early on, um, we wanted to... Um, you know, focus on on the three areas that are most important, our, our people and, and their health individually, um, our, our customers and their needs as well, because what's what's lost is that while we uh, everything kind of stopped, we still had customers that needed service on their vehicles mm-hmm. or needed assistance yeah. from us in a variety of ways. So that always had to be there at some level, and we had to figure out some solutions for handling that. And then, of course, our dealers. We've got 181 dealers across mm-hmm. uh, the country, mm-hmm. Um, whose businesses and livelihood and financial, personal financial stake is is at risk. So we needed to go, you know, into those three areas and, and look and dissect a plan for each one of those groups of how we would do it. And um, I, I would say, to be perfectly honest, regardless of, of political discussions, I think the government's handled very swiftly mm. things mm-hmm. that needed to be done and in the right way. And I think Australians as a as a country, as a nation, you know, Deserve a lot of credit for culturally how quickly we adopted and adapted to the change, and looked out for one another. Mm. You know that that notion of mateship, yeah, I yeah. think, yeah. is point. Yeah. is mm. is um, you know really something that is 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 impressive. And uh, you, know, you think we did
1: it better in other countries I do. Ma-
2: You do absolutely, absolutely. I think you know th- there will be a lot of hemming and hawing over the economics yeah. of things, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, people yeah, will yeah. always bring biases into that conversation. Yeah. But when you think of, in relative terms, how few people have, have unfortunately uh, passed away yeah. or how quickly the transmission has been mitigated, mm. uh, across a country this vast, 24 million people, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a small place either. Um, it's really impressive. Yeah. And you know, it's, I, I, I really hope that economically that everything comes out really well on, on the other side for everybody, of course. Um, but I think it's been impressive just how quickly... Um, uh, it's been done and and, and I think um, I know we don't necessarily call them citizens of Australia but you know Australians deserve a lot of credit for, for self I want to pick up on stuff. one of
0: the points because we, we talk about it. every organisation, every sporting club, culture is everywhere so I want to pick up on your point mm-hmm. about mateship because it's mm-hmm. interesting like as a Canadian coming to mm-hmm. Australia like Canada has a culture, Australia has yeah. a culture so Extrapolate on that a little bit. What does that look like for you? Because what we talk about is what does that behaviour look like? Because it's a really interesting point. We probably take it for granted. And, mm-hmm. and being Australians, it's I was a bit like you, man. I thought, oh, wow, that's a, an interesting – we've done it so well because we can micro – we can pull it all apart and say we could have done that better, we could have done that better or whatever. <laughs> but I, I'd like you to extrapolate on that. What did and, it look like for you, that notion of mateship from a behavioural point of view? And,
1: uh, and with that, is mateship different in Canada than yeah. it is in Australia?
2: Um, yeah so I'll start there I think um, it is it is different in the context of uh, maybe how Australians are or see themselves um, within the globe so it's obviously a continent it's also an island and it's far away from other things Mm. and it's a very harsh climate Right. And and so there is an inherent sense of self-preservation that has to happen in here. And I think that causes people to believe and look out for one another. Yeah. yeah? Because, you know, if if we dropped us in the, you know, the the red center, I mean, the likelihood of survival is Mm -hmm. uh, very, very slim. Um, And and so. There is, there is an inherent ruggedness and toughness, right? And, and you see that in the outback. You see that in a lot of the things, the way we look at, at uh, Australia, even in the colloquial yep. sense, of course. But I think also inherent in that is that people actually genuinely want to look out for each other. Yep. they look yeah. out for their neighbour. You know, how many... You, you didn't really hear a lot. You heard a few, but not a real lot of people who were trying to circumvent... Yeah the government's regulations. You didn't hear a lot of people trying to stand up against the the government or against um, law enforcement to say that we're being unfairly or that this isn't. Because people, I think, genuinely believed and trusted the advice, the guidance that was being given and Mm. they felt the need to make sure that they looked out for you and you and me and, and everybody else because that's how we all get on. And I think in, in Canada you see a lot the same way. It also like Australia, very culturally diverse, um, also a lot of sharing, also a lot of generosity, um, kindness, but there is still more of an influence of, of, of probably some other uh, countries from, from a Canadian uh, perspective and, and you can kind of see that especially because Canada sits so much on the border um, with yep. the US. So there's still a lot influenced yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there through North America and they're not nearly as disconnected uh, from a geographical standpoint
0: so you would have australia. got a good sense of that i guess colloquialism australianism with the number of dealerships you've got because mm-hmm. they're quite diverse aren't they mm-hmm. so is that something you picked up as well through those conversations you were having throughout the, the network in
2: australia oh yeah absolutely and you can certainly see the difference between a rural and a, yep. and a metro dealer and just how rural rural is <laughs> i mean it's, it's yeah. you know we'd, we'd you know, I joke about actually growing up in the middle of nowhere, kind of eight hours between yeah, yeah, two yeah. different cities, right? Um, but you know, it's uh, you know some parts of WA, Northern Territory, mm. et cetera, and even even Queensland are are extraordinarily far. Yeah. Um, and and I think you know our our dealers in in terms of our activities, especially COVID-related, we're oriented around how do we help? How do we put an arm around them? Yep. To let them know that it's going to be okay. How do we? engender that um, mateship ideal to say, look, we're gonna be here, we're gonna look out for you, we're gonna, here are the things that we're going to either do or stop doing or change to to make sure that that we help and and see us all all through this. And I think internally that reverberates through the organization where they say, hey, it's not just commercial decisions, Mm -hmm. it's not just black and white, we are actually as a company looking out in the broader sense. So we were very cognizant of communicating with our employees about the things we're doing for customers and the things we're doing for dealers and very cognizant with those groups as well of talking to them about the other groups in terms of what we're doing and how we can uh, and pe- support them. People
1: see that, Steve, don't they? They, <clears throat> they understand that you. it's not just about selling a car, that mm-hmm. it's an investment in the relationship and investment in the in the business and the people that run the business. Mm-hmm. And that spreads, I think, mm-hmm. through throughout the network. So uh, it, it then, um, allows them to commit further back to you. Mm-hmm. Have you found that?
2: Um, yeah, we, I mean, we, we've certainly seen in the last um, you know month the dealers um, accelerating their businesses back to life in a yeah. lot of ways because they now um, uh, believe not only you can see it in the numbers, but you know they actually believe, hey, yeah. they're going to look at you know they're going to do these right things. They're not going to end up you know you always have. Uh, you know, inventory discussions with dealers and they're not just going to get slammed with a bunch of cars or something like that. They're going to look out for us in in the broader sense. And so that's really, you know, been been key uh, to us. I think um, getting our dealers um, on site and getting our employees, I think what we'll find is really back into the swing a lot quicker than we'd maybe earlier thought. But I'm, I'm interested maybe... Um, Rudy, for a question from you, going back to that mateship, um, in in your teams, how have you seen, you know, especially on all the teams that, that you played on, um, what were some of the best examples from how you brought teams together or how teams came together as 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 uh, as one unit?
0: Yeah, well, I talk about as creating like shareholders rather than employees. That's probably mm-hmm. the best analogy I try and make, and and through what we were able to create it at Sydney, and then when I got to Melbourne, it, the more you involve people in the discussions, which mm-hmm. you do really well, they feel part of it. People want to go to work to feel valued, don't they? They don't mm-hmm. want to go to work, or they don't want to go to a footy team to feel like you know, shit. Yep. It, it's they want to contribute, and I, I, in all my time in football and the sort of 35 years and the facilitators we had to come in and, and the butcher paper that were written on the wall and the mm-hmm. days and all that sort of stuff, I think the key for me is when the players finally felt they were valued. I have voices now finally heard. And I can say that through the eyes of a player as well because I was captain of a footy club. And I remember thinking, why don't I ask the question? I'm actually captain of this club and no one really wants to know what <laughs> I want my footy club to look like. And I think there's, there's multiple keys, but I think that's one of the big keys. Mm-hmm. Like how do, you, how do you get your employees to really feel like they're in, invested in yeah. what we're collectively doing? I think that's the biggest part of it. I think what you do and have done really well is just that. But I also think you're in a unique position too because not only are you a managing director, but you're actually working with people that run their own businesses. So they're Mm -hmm. leaders of, of their own businesses. Without giving names away, what have you seen through this period of really poor leadership and really good leadership? Again, don't mm-hmm. mention the dealerships and don't, <laughs> don't mention the names. But you are in a unique position yeah. because not only are you running Nissan Australia, but you're obviously looking mm-hmm. through a, another lens as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Is there some really dramatic examples you've mm-hmm. seen through this period?
2: Um, yeah, there th- certainly would be, like, in in anything that yep. you're going to do. And, and any time you've got a group this size, you're always going to have, you know, um, people on 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 both ends of, of the spectrum. And I think, um, you know, Commercially, for us, what we see is, is um, the dealers who are uh, especially taking on uh, a, a challenge is breeding opportunity, yep. um, by far, in a way, mm. moving down that successful uh, track um, quicker than, than others. The ones um, that, unfortunately, have, have made decisions, um, you know, and, and the circumstances are also complicated, so yep. it's not as easy as just saying you know, treat everything like an opportunity yeah, 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 and, and yeah, run yeah. towards it and yeah, you'll be yeah. fine. Um, th- they haven't reacted as quickly and, and as a consequence have missed out on, on opportunity that's, yeah. that's been there. Yeah. And even though you keep saying, it's there, it's there, it's mm. there, it's, you know, you miss it and then you, uh, I'll, I'll wait a little bit longer and then I'll jump, I'll get it the next time. You know, and, and unfortunately, we all know that opportunity yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah. stick around and, and wait. So you've got to get in as, as quick as possible um, and I think, yeah, by and large, though our dealers have done a great job with their own employees and with sharing the information that we're getting out. Um, you know, we're, we're taking a lot of unique ways to, to contact and communicate mm-hmm. with dealers. I mean, it's, it's still a fairly... You know, antiquated visit. Your field rep shows up at the yeah, dealership. Yeah. They look through the PowerPoint deck. They look yeah, yeah, through yeah, the yeah. financials. You know, mm-hmm. they they do some of those things. And today, now we're we're with in group chats on Zoom, mm-hmm. and you know, I'm popping in and out of each region to say hi to the yeah. dealers and and to to pump them up a little bit, talk about what's going on and and how we're addressing things going forward, and and we're seeing our field staff also all of a sudden go. Oh, wait a minute, the MD or the CFOs just hopped on the call, and and they've got a also adapt their game mm. because they're not also used to having uh, senior people necessarily <laughs> yeah, watch, yeah. <laughs> watch <laughs> them um, in an un, un, uh, unprescribed sort of way. So so that part's been also uh, a lot of fun and, and sharing those ideas and just saying to the dealers, hey, we, we've taken this idea from Queensland and, yeah. and it's worked out there and they've done a really <laughs> great job with it. How, how can we do it in Victoria?
1: So what are the, what are the things that you'll take out of <coughs> COVID that you've learned in COVID that you'll take forward Ooh. that you want Yeah, we weren't doing that before, but that we can actually keep doing that because Mm -hmm. I think businesses will take some... The successful businesses will take a lot of learnings and keep them Mm -hmm. post-COVID.
2: Oh, 100%. I think that, um, uh, you know, you take... uh, (laughs) We're discussing this about work from home. I think it's going to be one of those things that's going to be with us for now for for a while, but um, we, we talked early on. If we went to our IT team and we said we're going to have the entire staff work from home next month. You know, what would you have said? They would have said, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no way. No I'll tell yeah. you what, 12, it, 18 it, yeah, yeah. months, it, it. we can do we'll it. we yeah. right? <laughs> We were less than 10 days, yeah. the entire mm. staff mobilized, and everything yeah. functioning. So mm. absolutely everything that we were doing before was back up and, and running at, at full tilt, basically, of, based on the business coming in, and, and we weren't missing uh, a beat. And I think it was a really good reminder of what we can do and when, you, when you're when you faced with a hurdle, mm. how you can overcome it um, and challenge yourselves um, to do uh, some really great things. Um, and I think that will be one of the things that carries forward with us, um, not just with us, and I don't think we'll have our staff home uh, yeah. entirely forever, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but I think we'll really learn um, uh, how to uh, address that working from home, or how to do work differently, mm. utilizing um, obviously the tools at our disposal a little yeah. bit better and yeah. a little bit um, quicker. Um, and connected to that, I think really importantly is the impact, and and I think really one of the lessons for uh, for us as a team and all of our managers is the impact of that personal connection. Yeah. yeah. So we've we've focused a lot on time. Um, I do a. Uh, 8 8:30 call with the leadership team every morning. Yeah. 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 So it's 20 minutes. It's mm. just quick chat, A yeah. little bit of banter, what's going on. You know, everybody's got their own little routine, yep. but we're into it and and the flow of information can happen really quickly. Everybody's got permission to say nothing. Yep. Yep. So there's no need to give mm. me the diatribe. It's yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah. here's what you need to know. Here's, you know, yep. or here's what I need help with, whatever the story is. And it sets everything up. Yeah. Right after that, I have a 30 minute meeting with my EA and the CFO. Yep. And that's a really casual check-in calendar, setting some things up for the day or for the week that we need to look at. But the role it plays is also connecting me, especially back to the EA and to the CFO in a casual how we did would have done anyway in the mm. office yep. in an ad hoc format. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, to and from the coffee machine, yeah, or the water. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know? Yep. You miss those when everybody's remote mm. and you forget about all the little things. Mm. You know, thank goodness footy's coming back because we're gonna have something to add to the conversation <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have to pretend that I'm interested yeah. in reality television. Yeah. I can actually <laughs> talk footy now. But um, that 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 those things, so we've we've really tried to push that down through the organization and encourage managers, just yeah, pick up the phone to your people. Yep. Connect. Talk. Mm. Uh, I remember you know, I had to a, work.
1: a chat with you really early on. Um, mm-hmm. in the In the COVID period where you, where you uh, spoke about the fact that it, it, you 're amazed at how much we got out of the interdental contact mm-hmm. yeah. around the office yeah. and and then how important it was for you to try and recreate that in some way, shape or form
2: yeah absolutely you just you hear so much. People, especially things, and and you've probably seen this. You've probably actually heard this from you know fellow players uh, or, or people you've coached, where they tell you things they didn't actually intend to tell you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, but, um, but you get those little extra pieces of, of of information that can help you connect the dots and solving some other other things. And maybe they're just not asking um, the, the right person at the right time, or it's your job is to put that together. So that's been a really uh, interesting and key aspect of how we've tried to work with as a team, yeah. um, and and tried to connect them. And and the uh, the leadership team deserves a lot of credit. We've had guys uh, on their own accord doing all sorts of uh, trivia calls, yeah, yeah. drinks, yeah. and you know, and all these things just to keep everybody going. And that's yeah. the the rallying point is, you know, a, a few examples, and everybody's run with it, and they've created and compounded those things into so many other. Things that we've now uh, now created, and I think really, I think the culture will come back stronger yep. um, collectively when when we do all come back. So
1: we've spoken about the positives of COVID, mm. but there must have been some terrible days in there for <laughs> in there, mate. Like you, <clears throat> and a lot of it you wouldn't have been in your control <laughs> either. I suspect you've got head on, head office in another country, yeah. so therefore, so talk us through some of the, or even you know. Quite specifically, the the darkest moments of COVID and, and how you got through it and how you felt. And
2: mm-hmm. well, I think look, the 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 darkest was was definitely the day we had to make the call on on standing down employees. I mean, the 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 night before going to sleep, and I'm one of mm. you know two people that know that I'm going to be impacting the lives of the rest of the business. Um, you know, I <laughs> I didn't sleep. Mm. You know, and then you you come in, you sit in a meeting and. The decision gets made, and then you know from that moment on that, that you're, you're past the point of no return. Um, when it's people, that it's very, very tough. And that, that for sure for me was the darkest um, moment. Um, and, and the team has done a remarkable job, and the, the employees have, have carried on extraordinarily well um albeit in in very tough mm. circumstances and and uh I, r- I really hope that now we're through that and can uh, only continue to add back the hours and add yeah. back to the business um but that certainly was the most how difficult how many people and most were involved in that well we had about 55 to 60 percent of the business in in April and slightly less in in May and now we've basically got everybody kind of back and it's we're on sort of a, a reduced hours yeah. scheme just depending on what the type of role yeah. is and, and what your function is so it definitely varies uh, by department and by team um, and then as you go through it it was all the you know the the, the learning mm-hmm. um, with everybody and reminding the the challenge of everybody actually having to do all of the work now with such a reduced uh, group and then getting it through the rest of of the machine of a a big multinational. And on a global basis, every country's doing things a little bit Mm. differently. So we've been lucky that the uh, regional and global management has been very understanding of how we've been uh, managing it here. Um, But as I said, I think the Australian uh, recovery, um, at least at this point, certainly looks to be on a much better trajectory um, than most of the other places, so we're we're really starting to see that voice and tone yep. of optimism yeah, uh, sure. back into the group, mm. and and get people focused on the opportunity that that will present itself um, going forward.
0: What about your own personal brand? I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's it's Im- I say it really, I talk to my boys about it a lot. They're only twenty three and twenty five, but mm-hmm. do you think? We as leaders spend enough time because we we talk a lot about the team and trying to bring the team together. Mm-hmm. But how important it is to have your own personal brand and what you stand for as a human
2: being? Sure, um, I, I think maybe this will be a little bit controversial, but I don't think the I think the word brand is is overused, yep. like it's 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 baubles and yep. and things, right? I think it's really important what you touch on. What do you stand for? Yep. Like what are the things you yeah. do when nobody else is looking? Yeah. Mm, yeah. You know, do you live by that mm. code every single day? Can the people that work with you buy in to what you're doing? Yeah. Or is what you're saying lip service? Yeah. You know, and that that is so critical. That that those are the moments of truth that I think we really understand who we are, but also who the others are around us and whether or not we really like that. And so for me, I say to people all the time, you do what you say you're going to do. Yeah. Do what you say you're going to do. Even when it's bad news, even when it's no news, you always get it done. You always do what you say you're going to do. That builds trust and rapport with everybody else so that when you're giving good news, everybody says, okay, it's great news. And they don't think that something negative is going to happen next. But when it's bad news, you can also deliver it knowing that, well, it it is what it is. And at least... I know that you're going to follow through on, on whatever we're going to do. And that consistency, I think, is is really what makes a difference and, and helps people believe um, in actually something. So that actions part is really critical for me. I think that the
0: important part, too, is just this notion of work-life balance. I always struggle with it. Like, to your point about brand, it, it's who you are as a person. It's not <laughs> who you are at work and then who you are at home. I mean, if you're a good person, if you have good values or whatever those values might be... Yeah. It's every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. I think that's the really important part. But I, I think too many leaders think they have to be something here and maybe different here. Yeah. Whereas my view is just be who you are. Yeah. Learn and develop mm-hmm. and take on board different things. What What three words would you love people to describe you as if you were... Oh. <laughs>
2: on your gravestone. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I think... Um, uh, hard working um would certainly be one of those things yeah. in terms of of getting uh getting the job done that's that's certainly something that um you know it was you know, lucky growing up i mean uh, there was no sports outside and, until uh, yeah. Yeah, I had yeah, the chores yeah. done and 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 things uh, were were completed yeah. um my uh, my parents were both uh, teachers and then principals of school so I also had mm. okay. A, a work you had standpoint. No chance. Oh, it was. I mean, <laughs> I've had the most harsh uh, mm-hmm. uh, feedback on, <laughs> on my uh, my work growing up that you could ever imagine. But that um, that instilled that that hard work um, mentality um, uh, can do. It's something that we've embodied mm-hmm. in our culture within within Nissan yeah. uh, Australia that I think is really critical because it 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 says that you're going to show up. You're going to be optimistic, yep. and you're going to try mm. no matter what, yep. right? And and even when the, the 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 chips are down or your back's against the wall, you've got to come out swinging, and and you've really got to try. So those you know hard work, um, can do, and and generally speaking, I think the last one is optimistic. Mm. Okay. You know I think you know um, for sure I want people to have. Trusted mirror to think that I'm I'm honest and a yeah. good person, but I think you know yeah. optimism is sometimes something that that we forget. And, it, and you, when you're looking at the news and it's just shattering what you see around the the world, um, you right. know, in, in, at the moment in terms of what's going on, and uh, and it, and that's a terrible thing. Yeah. Because you know we have so much to be thankful for and yeah. and, yeah, and appreciative of. Mm. And I think if you're optimistic, you don't get so focused on the yeah. things you don't have. Mm. You and know, and, and that's that's sort of the the bane of of most people's um, existence is always looking at you know, oh he has that yeah, they've yeah, done yeah. this. Well, heck, you know they worked hard yeah. for it. Grass is know. always greener, huh? Hey? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and when when you reflect back over the last few months, mm-hmm. I ha, have you lived your values, your personal values, do you think? And what have you learnt about yourself in that period?
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think. Um, certainly, I think I've lived my personal values because uh, I do my utmost to live those uh, every day. We um, <laughs> certainly had a lot more um, work over the last little while um, in terms of a- adapting to the to the current circumstance. Um, uh, and and as best as possible, we've been trying to inject optimism into into yeah. the story and in t- into the narrative, and yeah. not get caught up in in the moment. Um, I think as as far as learning. Um, uh, helping others and letting go myself of trying to be the only one uh, okay. that can do things yeah. is is really clear. Mm. It, it's mm. it's 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 important to I think, um, uh, and and I've learned this is is that letting some of the other leaders be the leaders, yep. and recessing myself um, has given people the opportunity to also step up and shine okay. in ways that they didn't necessarily think. And right. when you have a crisis, sometimes you think of. The old view of there's one you know general at the front line, yeah, or there's yeah, one yeah. person and who's going to go. Yeah. But the reality is that if that's the only way that you really act, everybody else just learns to just ask you questions yep. and decide to do what you say you're going to do. Yep. Whereas you know, and I loved what you said about bringing them along in the journey. Mm. Yep. If you step back and let them
1: create some space. Yep. Okay. And
2: and let them them go as senior, li- will find that in even in crisis. It's not necessarily as much of a, yep. a challenge or a problem that they uh, can't overcome, and so that's been, I think, a really uh, big thing for me from that standpoint. It's, it's a
1: great thing, mate, because often, reason I often talk about this. When when the the heat comes on the most, that's often when leaders say, "No, no, leave it to me. Yep. You guys aren't up for this." So to hear mm-hmm. you say that, it is fantastic because it. What it does do is it shows you're genuinely committed to empowering the team, growing the Mm -hmm. team, and working working through the the pressure with them.
0: I think it's a great way to wrap Mm -hmm. it up. And and Steve, what we get asked frequently is, oh, you know, what companies do you work best Mm -hmm. with? And and our answer is always, it's not the companies, it's the leaders. Mm -hmm. And I think what I've really enjoyed was the day that we spent together. Fortunately, we haven't spent too many more because of COVID. <laughs> yeah. But I think your, your analogy, I mean, about walking the walk. I mean, one of the things that I love is when I get to a workshop or I meet people and start talking to people, I think I can see the, the bullshit is in the group pretty quickly. And you do walk the walk. Yeah. And I think that's been a real pleasure for, for Murph and I to to work with, with Nissan, to work with yourself. And we're certainly looking forward, Murph, to a continued relationship.
1: hundred yeah. oh, uh, percent. I think my final question to mm-hmm. the people on the couch where I can is, <laughs> what, what advice would you give to a young Stephen Lester, now, now that looking back?
2: Um, that's a good question, I think um, uh, probably the, the advice that I would say to, to myself is, is don't sweat the small stuff and really focus on how you can persevere as, as quickly as possible. And I think sometimes we get caught up in looking to the future or looking mm. what others, and we're thinking that this is somehow a race um, that's got a, a finish line. Well, there's, there's really no finish line, and even though you run into one yeah. hurdle, yeah, yeah, yeah. move yourself mm. around it, get mm. your yeah. blockers off, and 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 keep going through. And in in my you know younger years, I think I too often. Would, uh, would get uh, bogged down in, in those uh, roadblocks and think I wasn't uh, progressing quick enough. And fortunately, that, that kind of parted and a few things fell into, into place really quickly for me, which, which was very fortuitous. Um, but you could see how it could have not yeah. worked out that way. Yeah. I think, that, and that's the other thing, is understanding that, you know, if it's it's career or family or or, or anything else, sport or whatever, or, you know, there's still a lot of luck involved, and and you've got to just seize those opportunities mm-hmm. when they come up.
0: Fantastic. Fantastic conversation, mate. Thanks hey, very pleasure. much, Steve. Murph, well done from you again. I thought you were a bit better today. I was a bit worried about you the oh, last really? time. Thanks, but... mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks, Steve. Uh, we love feedback on the couch. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Great conversation, some incredible message, particularly through a really tough time, as we all know. But I think walking the walk, everyone can talk talk, but certainly Steve walks the walk. So thanks, Steve Lester, Managing Director, Nissan Australia, New Zealand. We'll see you next time on The Culture Couch.